everybody. Welcome back to the Happy Paddling Podcast. It's spring 2023, and Dan and I are on the road together right now down in Northern California. What's up, Dan? Yeah, I was stoked to be hitting the road, finally getting some spring. It's been raining nonstop for, I don't know, as long as I can remember in uh, our first days of sun. So, yeah, we find ourselves in Santa Cruz, California at the old Kayak Connection which I know you have a lot of history with, but it's my first time kind of being in the shop and uh, paddling with Dave and Jess, his wife. Well, Santa Cruz, in my like first 10 years of repping in my 20s, just you're in the hustle and bustle of the Bay Area, and then you go up about 24 miles from San Jose, up over the hill of Highway 17, which is a pretty windy road. And if you were like a Silicon Valley investor and had a Porsche. It'd be awesome, but when you're trucking trailering it, <laughs> it's a lot. So that would always be like a little anxiety producing, and then it kind of just settles into a nice gradual downhill as you come into Santa Cruz, and immediately it's you know just this totally different vibe. Hooded sweatshirts and sandals, and I mean we just caught the vibe so well today. I can't wait to tell that story and what's going on here, but. This winter, this spring of 23 has been water, water, snow, snow, and I've never seen California more green. And just a week or two ago, the Monterey Peninsula and even Santa Cruz were flooding. So that's kind of how we enter here. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting time. I didn't know what to expect when we came here because you've been hearing about Santa Cruz a ton on the news uh, in this whole area with fallen trees, flooding rivers. Um, But... You know, we had business here that brought us here, and we just uh, just so happened to catch the timing perfect, it seems. Like, you couldn't ask for nicer weather. I think it was first day of spring. And so Dan and I left on Monday of this week, and we're getting toward the end of the week now. And our goal was to travel together and visit some accounts and try to also just get out paddling with people as just an encouragement to pull people off the, the couches. Yeah. And, it's, you know, it's been wet. They've all been... Every California sick of the rain, even though it is such a blessing. Yeah, right. I mean, it, we needed the water, right? But yeah, it was my idea to kind of, uh, or my thought that lead by example, like we want all our dealers to get out and lead people to the water. So I'm like, man, we need to lead by example. So we posted a little meetup for uh, people from the YouTube channel and uh, people that own Eddy Lines in the Sacramento area to come out to Lake Natoma and paddle with us. And I didn't know if we'd have anybody show up. So it was really cool when we got there and about 20 other paddlers showed up. Um, I think, I don't know, there's probably like 15 eddy lines and then a handful of other boats that just wanted to come hang. And it was really, really cool to connect with people. Most people, was their first time out for the season. We had a really cool, chill paddle. We worked on some skills, had people edging, uh, working on a little stroke progression. It was just really fun to be out there and I don't know, kick off the season on the water with, with the customers. And so often you kick your season off with like trying to sell and go straight into selling. It was nice to just be like, we appreciate you for buying kayaks in the past. Let's go paddle. Well, first off, like the last three years, obviously the oddest and tragic and crazy, you know, a couple of years we weren't meeting up with people like mm-hmm. 2020, 2021, obviously 2022 was a little loose, but a lot of shops weren't doing demo days quite yet or some were yeah and folks were still having a hard time finding boats in the spring of 22 so now we enter kind of a different situation right it's probably july of last year i mean we had some fires out west so that kind of slowed the season down a bit as well mm-hmm. um, but we started to see that like oh inventory was starting to catch up kayak shops had what they need went into the winter and I think also the ski season out west, like everybody was ready to ski again. Yeah. yeah, so much snow, so much snow, and I think a lot of people had put off vacations and ski trips during the last couple of years, so those were back on. So it seems like now the role of the rep and the paddle sports store and retailer is they now have inventory, and they're back to kind of imagining what's the hustle muscle? How do I get out in front of people and and connect with my community that I sold boats to at a feverish pace the last three years, right? Yeah, I mean, I thought about this. We were just completely playing defense 2020, 2021, just putting people on the water, selling it boats as fast as we could. Um, there wasn't much time for community outreach programs, you know, fun extracurricular. It was just putting out fires. Um, and I think that's really where the opportunity seems to be this year. It's like the folks that are getting people back together 
and starting to do more programs and leading people to the water or engaging their customers that already have boats, but uh, maybe want to take a first lesson or maybe they, you know, are ready to go on a tour and progress in the sport. Uh, seems like a really good year to engage those people and kind of pull them in and get back to community building like we used to. People are also having not had it for a couple of years, realizing how special it is to have yeah. share fellowship on the water and so forth. Uh, so what does it mean to you since you did so much of the pandemic virtually YouTube and now you're back, back out in front of people? Are you trying to, you know, still share a different story on your channel while with people or just sharing what we're doing basically or sharing what you're doing? Yeah, I think both and it's the cool thing is you can still reach people online. You can still connect with audiences everywhere we've gone this trip. It's just people that have watched the videos that are, um, you know, fans of the channel and then you meet them in person and they're that much more excited to hang out and see you. And so to actually have both sides of that has been really fun. Yeah. You know, I miss that from the retail days when I had a shop and people would come by and you'd chat them up and they would, you know, get into paddle sports because of something you said or did or a video they watched. Uh, so it's nice to get back in front of real people and actually talk paddle sports and like to just be showing some basic strokes last night at the Lake Natoma. It just, it just felt so good. Yeah. Yeah, you went right to it. It was so we got together and we all started paddling. We took a group photo as we're paddling away. It, I just saw Dan like click into like, okay, everybody, we're gonna go around the point, and you just had it. And I was still like, oh gosh, we're back to social paddling and teaching groups of twenty. And I kind of <laughs> followed the rear and had some individual conversations, and it was very cool because a lot of people had upgraded mm-hmm. over the last couple of years and now some folks had some longer narrow boats and it was perfect timing to start totally. sharing everybody just sharing like oh i know this i do this this is what feels good for you know and you show yeah, yeah. there strokes. was a couple of like old timers that had uh been doing it a lot and they were like excited to be used as examples they had really good edging and uh and boat control and then there was like you said a lot of people that came from very recreational kayaks and they're in their first you know sitka sts sitka lts and learning to play with their edges for the first time. And there was a few people I was actually working with them on draw strokes and bow rudder strokes. And to see that click for the first time and watch their little boats carve around and edge. I don't know. It's just fun to watch those light bulb moments go off. And definitely fills the bucket way more than just like watching a view count on YouTube. Sure. Sure. So we did that up in Sacramento. We started up in Redding where Dan lives. I left a snowstorm in Bend, Oregon. And like for me this winter... I've had to make a few work-related trips, a couple with trailers, and it just keeps coming, the snow. So it was kind of like gripping the steering wheel, made it down to you, still was yeah. windy and a little stormy, and then we ran through Sacramento and kind of that big delta of so much paddling. We went into Lodi Paddle Sports, and they have a massive banner photo of all the different watersheds into the Sacramento Delta. Well, it's 1,100 miles of water in the Delta. And then right now, with how flooded everything is, like you can go anywhere. 1,100 miles. Yeah. So like Navigable waterways. Yeah, I think the Mississippi is like 1,800. Wow. So 1,100 just in the network of the Delta. Uh, yeah, I think I'm right on that, or 2,000 or something like that, right in there. So Don't quote uh, us on that. Yeah, there. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's... It's just a lot of water. If you kind of want to imagine that area, uh, you can pull it up on Google and look at just the spider web of yeah. water. And especially, like you said, now so much water. So we completed that and we drove at night, which is just something that I've done for 24 years of repping. I try to time my drives through the urban centers like at night. So I talked Dan into that. And we were able to go through the entire Bay Area around 10 o'clock at night and came into Santa Cruz at 11.30 at night last night. Yep, got good parking. Right. Safe little spot right in front of the kayak store. Right in front of the kayak connection, which is, happens to be right now where we are. It's been a real red carpet experience from uh, the Grisby family here that own Kayak Connection. They let us into their store after hours. Yeah, they're like, here's the key. <laughs> there's the bathroom. You guys can record in the back room. It's so, awesome. But when we came in last night, uh, one of the reasons I always would do that is coming at night is it's tough to park in Santa Cruz, and this allowed us to get a spot right in front of the shop. And then we just spread out like a kid opening his toy chest today and had boats all over the sidewalk and in front, and that was great. But last night when we got here... Our legs needing a little walk after the drive. We went down to the beach and walked up, and there was a fire that had just probably been walked away from, a band, just a bonfire right on the beach. Yeah, somebody had like a chill time, 11 o'clock, they went home. We rolled in at 11.30, and 
there was still a box of wood sitting next to this gorgeous fire right in the sand. We just sat down and yeah. burned a fire till one in the morning. Ended up meeting uh, a traveler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's young- just say like uh, there's we're sitting there at this campfire and we look to our right and there's like a dark figure staggering towards the campfire. And I'm like, what's this dude's deal? I'm not sure. And then this guy walks up and broken English. He's like, I just want to like sit and smoke a cigarette and um, I'll just be a minute. But he, you know, very broken English. Right. Very hard to understand, but we got to it. Yeah. And he ended up being just a rad dude. He's, he came here from China. What do you say? Fuji, three three Fuji years. province. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we got chatting with him and it was just so cool. Like uh, Ethan busted out the Google Translator. And then he started showing up on his iPhone, like the map of where he lived and like photos of where he lived. And it was just such a cool experience to have this connection with somebody from the other side of the world. Both of us stumbling upon a bonfire and yeah. showing the moon, full moon pretty much. And we sat there and talked till, I don't know, 2, yeah. 2.30? Yep. We invited him to go kayak and we didn't see him today, but uh, maybe we'll try to catch him before we leave. Yeah, Ming. Ming. So I hope wish Ming well if he catches up with this. We ended up then having our whole day work, uh, paddling out this morning was just wonderful. Yeah, so a little context. We're doing a little dealer road trip, right? So we're seeing dealers along the way. And then we are training, in, like Kayak Connections, a brand new Eddie Line dealer for us. So we're training them on the boats. And then we brought some demos for them to try. So we were able to get the entire Grixby family. It's a husband, wife. Uh, Jess and Dave are the owners, and then their daughter works here too, Gwen, who was awesome, 16 years old, just super bubbly, full of energy, little five-foot-tall pistol. And uh, anyway, get get them all in the water, and they showed us around their neck of the woods. We showed them the boats. And it was just good. I mean, it was so quick to feel like you're part of the family. There's like something about paddle sports that just brings people together. Well, we went right up that harbor. I had a sea lion come right up on my bow, a big one. Uh-huh. I was like, whoa. I was like, all right, welcome to the you know Pacific Ocean. It's been a little while. so. And she uh, was in that Rio, too. Gwen was in that we, uh, that Rio. Yep, with no spray skirt on. Yeah. Yeah. She it. did great, thankfully. I mean, she was, she was totally a champ. But. So the thing with the repping world that I even shared with them, because they're in their little pocket, Santa Cruz, particularly Santa Cruz, you kind of just, there's no reason to leave, really, yeah, right? So, especially with the weather. So they were here, and we've been meeting stores, and the current situation seems to be that a lot of stores are now finally fully stocked and ready to go, if not too much, right? Right. Like a little bit of some of the orders that they had ordered into the fall and then had backup orders coming up in the spring and then a cold winter it definitely wasn't the business of the last couple of years and so we're seeing stores and it's so interesting as a rep because it's the one thing the store owners know their market so well but they don't know how the other store owners are doing right so we hear so often like i just need you know we just need the weather we just need some folks they're all had the time to really clean their stores back up so i think it's like a wonderful consumer experience right now. Yeah, I was going to say, right now is the time to be the consumer. You're going to get white glove treatment. Like a really fun time to get a good selection of seeing things, maybe even some deals. There's certainly a lot more used boats on the market if that's your avenue. But what I think this year will also be really excited, uh, exciting for are the dealers. And that's going to take a couple months because there were a lot of vendors, manufacturers of kayaks and accessories and uh, life jackets and paddles, that were had projects in the works right mm-hmm. before pandemic hit. Kind of got shelved. Everything got shelved. Like we just need to make as many of what we have as we can to serve this market. And now the stores have a little bit more product. And so what's new? Yeah, and you think innovation is going to come next? Yeah. I think in the next six months to 12 months, we're going to see a lot of new things and a lot of companies trying to shake it up and draw interest um, yeah. from their dealers who – will hopefully have thinned down kind of their inventory and had a good year. And that's the big magic question. Is it going to be, you know, right back to the, where it was before? And then they're going to say, okay, I've got everything clear. It's kind of a reset this summer. What am I bringing in in the future? Yeah. And they're going to turn to vendors and say, what do you got new? Yeah. And got? hopefully it'll play into your, you and I's favor. Cause just, we've spent so much time out there in front of the dealers, making these connections, like getting people through, kind of the challenging times like you know we were all just doing our best to try to get people the product they needed to serve their customers and uh 
now that we're kind of on the other side of that, I feel like we have a really good rapport and relationship with most of our dealers where it's, I don't know, it just feels really tight. There's no substitute for just getting in front on the road. feels good to do so. Yeah. So after this, we're going to probably leave here tomorrow evening. We're going down to Moss Landing, which is south of Santa Cruz and has a beautiful estuary kind of. Yeah, Elkhorn uh, Slough, which I've yeah. been hearing about since I started paddling. And I've never been. It's full of sea sea otters and bird life. And I, from what I hear, it's like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of a place. Well, so. Water high. Hopefully we can get way back in there. That'll be yeah. fun. It does remind me, being growing up in Upper Midwest, kind of, of like some of the little... Um, because it is ag, kind of there's some flatland ag up above it, so it kind of has that feeling of just uh, body of water flowing into the. In my case, growing up, the bigger Mississippi, and now here, of course, the Pacific. Uh, it's got a really neat feel because it's very vibrant. And the two the two ecosystems coming together, right? Yeah, that's cool. River and big open. I've always uh, liked that. Uh, like Albion River in Mendocino has that same yeah. kind of thing where you can. If you go right, you go to the sea. If you go left, you go like way kind of in the mountains, you know? Yeah, yeah, Such quickly into like area. the big trees and so forth. Yeah. So from there, we're going to head up the 101 and hopefully do a night drive right over the Golden Gate and end up in like the Petaluma, Napa area and see a couple dealers and then complete the trip back where Dan lives in Redding and uh, on Friday night, paddle with folks. Yep, hopefully it's not raining. <laughs> it might be raining, but if not, we're going to do a, a social paddle out at Whiskey Town Lake. And then a uh, weekend at home, and then what you got going, uh, what you got cooking next week? So I think I'm going to go back to winter a little bit. I mean, I'm looking at... Snowboard? Yeah, no, no, I mean, just the temperatures. I think it's time to uh, really focus on what we're doing here, but it's going to be hard because I will have felt it turn on here, mm-hmm. and I'm going to yeah. go home, and it's going to be back to like people in that inner, you know, some people spring skiing, and yeah. just won't quite be on yet. Although, usually the paddlers that are enthusiastic about it in Oregon come out to paddle earlier than like the California bulk. Yeah, that's true. Up in Oregon, they're used to like, well, you got to go paddle in the rain if you're going to go paddle. Right. And there's a lot more people wearing dry suits, paddling tops, things like that. Yeah. So we're doing it at the end of April then. So I'll have a little office work and just try to kind of set up the next very busy April, uh, last weekend of April. With you, I'll be at Alder Creek Kayak and Canoe, Portland, Oregon, yeah, last weekend. I've and, just heard about that event for my whole life, so yep. I'm stoked to actually get to be a part of it this And week. that is like a neat example of changing the spin. They used to have the largest paddle festival in the West, and they've really changed to now what they're doing is kind of a vendor invite over the weekend, and you and I are going to be there, and customers can block out like an hour and a half spot in the day, there's about five of those little sections, and they only necessarily allow 12 to, what, 15 Perfect. signups. So instead of the big demo day where you're trying to get attention of maybe a certain boat, but it's out on the water, this is focused 12 people every hour and a half, and then it switches, and we have a barbecue going in the middle. And it's not I think that's the way, man. Yeah. You can we, connect with people so much better when it's three-on-one or four-on-one, as a, and then... Switching people and then people can say like, oh, you looked really good in that, you know, whatever, Sitka SD and uh, you're about my size, you know, and it, people just feed off each other. It creates a really cool buying environment. It allowed it to be in an area, you know, in the back and behind their store on a dock that you could never do a paddle festival on right. because it is. So I think that's a model that I think some stores might look toward is, you know, you don't have to go to this big, giant, open super park if you can change the model and be a little bit more of scheduled time frames, but still bring the excitement of a rep coming to town with a bunch of boats and different toys to play with. Yeah. So, um, so you think demos are back and you think demos are something dealers should be doing? Well, we're kind of doing various experiments because then a couple of weeks later, uh, in May 13th, we're in, uh, around outside of Eugene working with Oregon Paddle Sports and they're doing the conventional big demo day. All of us line up. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, see what wins which, out. which one wins out. Like, I like that. Um, but I do think that a lot of dealers have that same thing that you said, which it's time to tell people now is the start of the season and doing yeah. a big paddle festival or demo day. And well, I like be, how uh, Abba does you're, hers so you're in going Lodi. To one in Middle April, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And she does hers. It's a kickoff to spring event with like live music, food trucks. Um, she's got like the sheriff's department out there with their boat and like talking rescue safety stuff. They're giving out free life jackets. No, I think they're, they're accepting donations. You get in for free if you bring a life jacket. Anyway, um, 
but yeah, then they'll have all their rental fleet out on the out on the water, so people can just pay a fee, go paddle any of the boats, and then on the far end, I'll have Eddie Lang and Stellar boats set up for people to come out and try. And okay, and that's for uh, head, uh, Lodi Boathouse. Lodi Boathouse, yeah. And um, Lodi, California. <laughs> so that'll be what April 15th. Yeah. So that takes weekend, a little nice. bit of different tact, which is like we're throwing the super party, music, food, and just all my rental boats are here to play. And yeah. then you're able to kind of not be the main attraction as in a demo day, but like, and we also have some industry pros for those that are at that stage in there. Yeah. In right. their process of becoming a paddler and we'll see how that goes you know i hope it's productive and uh i've got a couple of kids uh that are assigned to help me but dude she had like 1800 people in in not interested that yeah that clicked interested on facebook and if even a third of that shows up that beach is going to be mobbed overwhelmed yeah well that's the one thing that you know you only have so many life jackets boats and paddles yeah. so you'll have to juggle that <laughs> um but yeah i'm looking forward to seeing how that works you know I, you said something about Facebook there. I've been seeing more and more used boats pop up. And, oh, yeah. you know, there was always a thought of like, well, did people that just bought kayaks in the pandemic, are they quitting? Uh-huh. You know, are they selling them or are they upgrading? You know, or because there's a have, lot of horse trading because people had, they got, they bought what they could get during the pandemic. Okay. Dude, there was people that would come into the shop and they'd be looking for a 14 foot touring kayak, you know, a husband and wife. And I'd be like, well, I don't have any touring kayaks. But I have this tandem sit on top, and you guys can go together. I'm totally like, different. You know what? Yeah, we'll just take that one then. That's, it was the craziest that's thing. That's right. <laughs> that's so now people are like, all right, we like kayaking. Let's get rid of the tandem and buy those two eddy lines we've been looking at. Okay. I, so I think you that's think there's a lot, lot of that. How much I of do. it do you think is um, folks that realize they, they're on the backside of the demand cycle, and they should have sold the boat two years ago that was behind the garage. Oh, dude, I, that's me. You just described me. I've got that whole side yard of all my like retro sea kayaks, and I could have got top dollar for That them. you were bullish on buying two years ago, and then you got busy, and you're like, ah, I'm going to sell have- those. I'm going to sell them and double my money, or or like I'm really going to use this. Like I have this Impex Acetate that I bought, and it's cherry, and it's like one – I always loved this boat, right? I just yeah. – lusted after this boat when i was younger i've got it now i got it for cheap and it's like perfect condition and it's sat on that rack and i haven't paddled it once <laughs> and now you're gonna take a bath because you could have sold it for twice as, or yeah maybe not bath, I, it's but. like i don't even like i just want to paddle it but that you know okay that brings me to your idea oh. and we'll share it right here uh, what do you guys think about this leave it in the comments if you listen to this but like 30 boats in 30 days we both have so many paddle craft yep. My idea, by the way, but yeah. Dan, Tell, Dan, Dan elaborate. Will blow it up. I love it. You're gonna blow it up on YouTube. <laughs> I just think it's such a good idea. You know, everybody that wonders what reps really do, I'm gonna sum it up because when I met Dan, he was a shop. Well, he was a shop manager, and then he became a shop owner, and I feel like we, that was really started us off because yeah. we did it together. But what I did as a rep, because Dan was, you know, in his 20s with endless energy, I was like, you know what you should do, Dan? <laughs> you know, and, and then I would leave town. <laughs> but actually, Dan executed on it. Uh-huh. No, I'm not taking credit. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think that's what we found ourselves today. Being like, you know what you should do? You know what you should do? Yeah. <laughs> so I think what reps do is just drive around and tell. I <laughs> know. We're trying to share little secrets we see work somewhere else. And if like a few of them yeah. like take you know they're great they take it and run but it is i suppose anybody that's an expert in their field when you see somebody do it well in one town area you know you want to go to the other area and be like this is how they do it yeah this is the sauce they're killing so that is what happens with repping so anyway i did have an idea because both dan and i being in our later 30s and mid 40s yoga is the deal and we do yoga with adrian on youtube shout out to adrian you know independently and she's got these 30 day Little, like, especially at New Year's where you're just like, I need to go all in. Yeah. And it's 30 days of yoga and each day is kind of a different. So I I thought up 30 days, 30 boats, you know, just like get into the weeds of all these things you have in your backyard. And I'm like, do you have 30 paddle craft to do? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Think about that. Do I personally? I mean, in your, you know, in your cornucopia of paddle craft. Definitely. Canoe Cathedral. Yeah. You know, I have four to five folding pack boats, frame, skin on frame, put together. I have five of those right off the bat that, you know, you've never seen. But I've never even seen you yeah, open them up. They're tandem kayaks, solo, little, and they all go into a backpack. So just doing two or three of those would be cool. Uh-huh. All right. Stand up paddle boards. I probably have 15 to 20 of those, and I'll do three or four of those. Uh-huh. Okay. So that's seven or eight. 
Um, maybe do four or five eddy lines along the way. There's 13. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of like fun North Star canoes. I'm kind of going through the vendors I work with first, but or, that would be yeah. up to up to 17, 18. And I have you a got like your classic boat collection. Old vintage collection. And I would break <laughs> these up that I have five of those. So maybe I'd do three or four of those. So we're yeah. at 22. I have a few really cool whitewater canoes, 23, 24, 25. Oh, that is sweet. Right? Yep. Okay. So 25, I have this little light water dinghy. It's like a very small floating kayak that would fit in like a fanny pack. So it's kind of like a pack, but it's the really small pack. Okay. So there's 20, I'm already thinking out this loud. That's 26. All right. We've got a racing canoe, 27. I have a tandem racing canoe, 28. I do those. That's a fun one. I've been wood, out on that a few times. I have a wood canvas canoe, which would be 29. And to wrap it up, Good old Deliverance Grumman Aluminum <laughs> Canoe as my number 30. Throw the Grumman in there? Yeah. I think your 30 boats would be so different than yeah, mine. Yeah, let's hear what kind of boats I mean, I don't know. Doing. I can't. I'm not even going yeah, to attempt to 30. But, like, definitely would paddle, like, a, a few surf skis because I've been really digging those lately. Okay. Um, you know, i got a few Stellar Sea Kayaks that I love. Uh, but I have, like, I would love to spend some time on my Reflection because that's my favorite Sea Kayak probably of all times. Okay. Um, I've got that Assetting. I've got that Dagger Sitka with, with the, the sail, sail rig. rig. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to spend some time on that. That thing is so fun. Okay. Um, oh, geez. I don't know. Just go down line. I've got, got like some cool river kayaks. Whitewater uh, kayaks, yeah. Yeah, inflatable. some whitewater kayaks. I use my inflatables. Um, I don't know. I'd probably go fishing one of those days. I don't know what I would take, but some sort of fishing kayak. Definitely uh, my t- tandem canoe, a solo canoe. Because those experiences are unique in themselves. Like going canoeing with my wife and maybe my kid is like a totally different experience than going sea kayaking by myself. Yeah. So the boat will dictate the kind of day you have. Oh, totally. Yeah. Because when you have a canoe, you're you're packing in umbrellas and maybe yeah. like you're doing a little picnic and it's like you're having this adventure, but it's really just to go somewhere, get out, stop and smell the roads, just spend the day outside. And the canoe is just the kind of the transport vessel. Okay. I don't know who, if people are interested in this at all, but we're like, you asked me, did I have the 30 to paddle? I uh-huh. was, part of my thing too would be like, I'm traveling and I want to go find something to go check out. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. Okay. You know, because in those 30 days, you and I will be traveling. So For you're sure. at a shop or whatever. There's all sorts of opportunities. All right. To so play. we basically just like bragged about our personal fleet of boats. But uh, so instead <laughs> of that, I want to go like, all right, Dan, right now you can be teleported to five boats you've heard about in the industry. That sounds exciting. All right, okay. just five or five sub craft water, whatever, what's new what or or old or whatever, what would be yeah. five that you want to like oh, taste test? I love this one. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll think of my five too, but, you know, maybe we can go back and forth. I mean, I'd say yeah. there's some that I've paddled and missed, like the Nordcap mm-hmm. by Valley. That was one of my favorite just most beautiful looking sea kayaks I think ever. I saw that kayak in person and I immediately was like, that is what a kayak should look like. It's perfect. That narrow, sleek bow, like 18 foot, super rocker, just knife through waves. Okay. Okay. Yep. So, all right. So that, that's kind of like an, ex- a beer you heard about in college and, or you, you, you drank. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I'd like to go to... back and have some more of that. Yeah. Okay. Got okay. It. Um, oh man. That is like so exciting that I don't even like. Um, there's just so many paddlecraft. Well, oh, okay. well, while you're thinking of it, what Go I would ahead. say is on my hit list of things to do. I may, this is you guys are going to witness how it goes down. I want to go to because this is how the YouTubers steal your idea. I want to go to the Canadian Canoe Museum. It's north of Detroit, up okay. in Canada. And like, go do a whole tour and shoot a YouTube video on that geeked out that stuff. That would be rad. <laughs> yeah. See, okay. see, here he goes. He's brightening up. He's thinking about <laughs> stealing the idea. <laughs> so, no, he's coming with. Um, and then go like up into the Northeast U.S. and like hit some of the local. There's, you know, there's canoes I get asked about that don't make their way out here. Yeah, Horn totally. Bag, placid boat. That's kind of where my my mind was going. Is like, there's so many cool East Coast solo canoes that I would love to check out, but to pick a particular model i was like my head was spinning yeah so many to to pick a particular model um i don't know what that would be you know but um well let's see i I, 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 I know i'd go stop by those like and maybe pick one out there like between swift placid you know Mm -hmm. all of it just kind of 
see what's what, and then tell that story. So that'd be what mine. I guess it's not okay. fair to pick, but one of them would a be solo a solo canoe mission. A solo canoe mission from places beyond what are out here, really. I like that. Okay. Okay. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I always have the, this idea of like the, the fjords of Norway yeah. and some of those Norwegian-style designs. Yeah. Like, I just would love to use those boats in the environment they were intended. Yeah. And just, because I just feel like they have a different view of paddle sports out there. And uh, I kind of would love to immerse myself in, in that scene and see what yeah. it's like. Good use of the teleportation to go into, like, Norway or... So, yeah, we're not really talking about specific boats. No, but. well, no, we're, that's fine. It's like a classification of boat, I guess. Yeah. Um, There's just so many, so many styles here. All right, you go, and I'll think of the next one. All right. Well, it's something that I never... This isn't, like, don't to have the comfort skill but because we're in santa cruz early on in repping one of my first like set up a pop-up tent was here at the kayak surf festival in santa cruz okay yeah and you know the glittered out you know everybody mm-hmm. had these like custom made surf glittered oh. out and they were going on steamers yeah and these things i don't have the skill set but those things look like skipping so the shiniest perfect skipping rock you could imagine but yeah. the kayak going down steamers and those guys shredded it and so now i'm also giving myself superhuman skills to do it but i want to try one of those yeah they make that look so fun and so easy but i would just get destroyed right yeah yeah i mean (laughs) yeah i bet you figured out you got to start small small. yeah well anyway so i guess i'm telling the audience you know the audience what's the singular for audience (laughs) 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 is uh (laughs) is that i'd love to try like those epoxy five or yeah. ten pound surf kayaks like one know? of those mega or yeah. wolves or and valley could, rush like, those up in the olympic peninsula they surf like because you're going around the tip of the peninsula you can get like bigger and bigger as you go around the tip so that's, uh-huh. when we do that washington road trip we should they have there's a bunch of people that use those up there we should, okay we should get into that well i have one sitting in my uh warehouse <laughs> oh you do I put that on my 30 boats in 30 days <laughs> okay yeah sean morley i was hanging out at his house for uh I went to the Sea Trek Regatta and stayed the night at his place. And he's like, Dan, I've got this old plastic surf kayak and I'm not going to use it. Would you want it? He just gave it to me. And so it's sitting there and it's all outfitted. It's so cool. I mean, I barely fit in it. You'd fit in it way better. I should let you borrow it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've never paddled it yet. So look forward to getting that one out. All right. Other boats, if I could paddle anything. Um, I don't know, I guess I'd like to spend time in a K1. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I haven't really messed with ever, but I love the idea of just... Full sprint kayak? Yeah, but maybe like a forgiving one because I'm not that good. Yeah. But, you know, just really dialing in your forward stroke. I, I see these videos on Instagram, like they come up in my Explorer page or my Reels, of these people just doing these I know. slow, perfect strokes in glass water in those narrow kayaks, and then they're follow camming them, so they look like they're going 120 miles an awesome. hour. awesome. You I'm got, like, that looks just beautiful to me. That's definitely worth a night of going down the rabbit hole and just watching. Because then they train in pools doing it. And you can get into that, like watching that whole yeah. scene. Or uh, I love watching how some of those guys will like jump from a dock into a K1 and go. Yeah, like know. the downriver racer guys. Like they have to get up in Portage hella fast and like throw their Oh, no, but in. you'll see like the, the race or the flatwater ones showing how good their balance is. Is that they'll run down the dock with their boat and like... Oh yeah! Throw it down, moving and, like, and jump, slide into, slide into it. And you're like, what? Yeah, I would, I would break my ski in <laughs> half if I jumped in the tuna like, pile. I'm saying so hard. Like, <laughs> yeah, that would be fun to to do. And again, it's like giving yourself also superhuman. Yeah, working those your things way are into, so. He's <laughs> working your way into it. Uh, that's a good one. What wouldn't you want to paddle? Uh, what doesn't inspire you at all? Like, oh. do you just turn your nose up? Uh, you know, unless I'm fishing yeah. and bass fishing, like I like paddling around and fishing for bass out of a out of a fishing kayak. Like I used to love paddling the Jackson Kilroy because it was sort of like a little one man canoe. Uh-huh. It was stealthy, it was quiet, but it wasn't fast. But it was like a cool way to get out there and fish. But other than that, there's so many sit on tops and they've gotten so wide that when you paddle them, they're just they they have they have to be motorized in order to be enjoyable. To just go out and paddle it, unless you're just floating on a pond, um, 
they're pretty uninspiring to me. I mean, they're big. We were moving some big boats around, so just pushing, pulling three times the weight of a normal boat. Yeah. But, um, and then I feel like a Kevlar canoe and how fast they cut across the water, how stable they are to do stuff. Like, I can still stand up in a canoe. It's just... Well, I mean, there's just, so much more refined. We were out on a sailboat tonight, and you know, he's like, "Or we can paddle it." And you, you know, for a second in your mind, you're like, "What would it be like to try to move this with a paddle?" I mean, there's it's somewhere along that pathway, right? It's like yeah, more and more. Some boat-ish. of these boats are so big, so and so I don't fault anybody for wanting to motorize something like that, right? Because mm-hmm. you still want the range of when you're out there to go fish, or you know, you still need to get places. So to expand the range, otherwise, and then you can paddle once you get there, right? Mm-hmm. You can non-motorize once you're where you're at. I guess. See, even just you talking about this, I slowly. Yeah, I just saw you. Just... <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just I'm. I did. We did so much of it for so long, and if I'm being quite honest, it's it's just the thing that inspires me the least about paddle sports. Right I, at I'm this just, moment, I'm just really worried about the uh, part of that where lifting them is really hard to do, <laughs> and uh, I just feel like. There's going to be a bunch of boats that don't inspire people to be out in kayaks because they're so heavy. Or yeah. Like that. Yeah. The, unfortunately, it's gotten so heavy. Now, if you have a pedal drive and you have a trailer, like those boats still scoot around really well. And there are some great paddling, um, you know, fishing kayaks. Um, you know, I demoed the Crescent Light Tackle, like the Mokin 12.5. Those boats are still really yeah. uh, efficient. You're nice talking paddling. about big. But some of these ones that have come out in the past few years, I'm not going to name names, but there's so many out there. They're just not enjoyable to paddle. They, you know, like the people that design them, design them for an audience, but without really considering the audience that's buying them is ignorant to paddle sports. And they think everyone just wants something stable, you know, but then they get out and do it. And it's, it's dumbed down the sport for so many other people that could have gone so much further. Uh, right. Sense? And you say it's a stopping point. It's yeah. Like a it's stopping a limiting point. factor. And it's going to like, it's like I don't if, think if your only like experience driving, if your only experience driving a motor vehicle was a bus, with right. like a half blown, like blown, you know, or yeah. like a half. It only went like twenty five uphills. Yeah, you'd be like, I don't really like, like driving. Driving's not for me, man. Bikes yeah. are so much better. Yeah. So you're saying it could be? That's what I was saying. It could be a heavy stopping point. Like they look at it and like that was just I'm I'm yeah. out of this. What else can I get into? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, but did you know you could have done it this way? So I guess anymore, I'm I tend to be more inspired to like push people. Like you can do more than you think try this let's try edging let's try uh, you know maybe it's just getting people into a kayak with a cockpit and talking about because there's so many advantages and most of the time the draw or the drawback that people think of is like well i don't want to be in it i don't want to be claustrophobic i you know little things that once they learn they kind of they're not real fears they're just you get over it so quickly a dy- yeah it's a dynamic factor what you were scared of becomes actually the fun part about it exactly yeah on it. and so usually I, it just takes five minutes of somebody kind of like cluing you in so that's what i've been trying to do with like the youtube channel is just like clue people in how easy and fun it can be we're in uh we're in one of their side rooms of their store and i'm just looking around at all the boats that are in here right now so we have a what a malibu 2xl above us one of their rental tams that they're probably selling. Yeah, total classic. Total classic. So Malibu 2XL from Ocean Kayak. Give me the first word you think of when you... When I think of that boat? Uh, re- coastal rental operation. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, or in a worse sense, coastal rental operation. It's the Like chief. quintessential yeah. rent, rental kayak. Like you go to Hawaii and rent a kayak, it's a Malibu 2XL. All right. Uh, yeah, when I see <laughs> that thing, I think right away Tim Niemeyer... Okay. Okay. You know, he was the founder of Ocean Kayak. A funny uh-huh. story that I heard about Tim Niemeyer is he never patented the scupper hole. Oh, interesting. They, oh, wow. I think if he did, that would have changed the whole thing. <laughs> so Tom Strauss, who you guys, we have a recording of Tom Strauss, but it's four hours and I am editing it and it almost stopped this podcast altogether because <laughs> Tom's stories are hard to edit because <laughs> there's veins in them, but we're going to have a great story out. But he, he tells me that whenever he's a funny, you know, he's just a great, uh, you know, uh, Philadelphia boy and uh, man, and uh, he's got that great sense of humor uh, coming, you know, that... He goes up to Tim Niemeyer whenever he sees him and their buddies, and he's like, "Boy, that scupper, <laughs> that scupper! <laughs> you know, we'd be in a helicopter right now, huh?" <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, you do the best Tom impersonation too. We'd be, yeah, we'd be in a helicopter right now, wouldn't we? <laughs> anyway, so that's when I see an ocean kayak. I think it's literally like making the first computer. Yeah, you know, because the scupper hole to sit on top with a draining feature, open kayaking up co- both coasts. Yeah. Totally. It changed the game for so many people. Yeah. It allowed so, us to just, and it went so worldwide. Tim Meyer is, I mean, that's somebody who's up in Bellingham. We could get yeah. him on this podcast. That would be rad. I mean, can you imagine? That'd I be think so he's honest. still up in that area. Uh, I think so. All right. Looking around, behind me is an orange long sea kayak. It is a Nigel Foster Shadow. The biggest yeah. of the three of his touring, sea, uh, touring, this one's probably made by who? Who do you think this one's? Made by is it a seaward? See that model? one's made by seaward. Uh, yeah, well they yeah have, he had like a signature. It's moved design. around before. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah, other people have made it. Yeah, well, this one they've been made by seaward for I don't know at least like twelve All right. years or so. All right. So, what do you think about when you see a shadow from Nigel Foster's pro well, model? I think of uh, I, the legend, which is the next size down, which is a kayak I lusted over. That would probably be on my top ten list of kayaks I would love to go paddle. Yeah. Uh, the shadow was a big brother of that, so it's higher volume, like. Cool Greenland style layout, real hard shine, uh, low decks relatively. Anyway, it looks like a Ferrari rocket ship, especially in that orange. Got the little compass mount in the front. Tons of room for camping gear. That's a cool boat. The, that is a really cool boat here. Um, I paddled the Legend once up in the Olympic Peninsula into phosphorescence in the bioluminescence. Yeah, kind of, like very heavy duty. Under the pier off of Port Angeles, which is giant, so you get that dark, 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 and the phosphorescence under there. The fish were lasers, like com- meteors, huh. in every direction because there was so much underwater life. Oh wow! Crazy bird life all under. So you had this like above you, and we did it all at night. And I happened to be in the legend for the first time I paddled. And just when you have that kind of stuff, you feel like you're flying on water in that dark under oh, the pier, mur- murky water. And uh, the boat is a sweet boat, and and also Nigel Foster. The one time that I paddled with him, he was in the canoe pumping beer out of a keg in the San Diego Bay <laughs> in a boat that we were at three in the morning. <laughs> so I see both those. I see that boat, and I'm just like happy thoughts. And yeah. also the performance that you all mentioned, pretty cool. Oh, it's yeah. fun. There's a bunch of different boats. There's a Hobie Passport right here right now. What do you think about the Hobie Passport? I don't know. It was an interesting concept. I think it, I, I like the lightweight. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it just brought an affordability quality to uh, the masses. So it's Hobie's least expensive pedal boat that's twin sheet formed, right? So it's a thermal formed of a polyethylene twin sheet formed boat. And it just I can't help but not see that no upsweep or volume in the bow and having paddled it once in Lake Sammamish in Washington it was the wettest bow in like two foot chop I was just sopping wet you know, 160 pounds <laughs> so like you know you see it as like oh entry level pedal crap I'm like I've tried it uh-huh. and it was the wettest like most so flat water flat water yeah. flat water but any sort of that is the thing that chop. limits people we just talked to that lady today it's like well but as soon as the wind picked up kayaking was a scary freaky terrible thing and it's like it doesn't have to be if the boat's efficient on the water yeah and people are like, i don't care about going fast like you do when the wind picks up and you're in a paddle craft and you're fighting it yeah. those people paddling into the headwinds tonight yeah. on those sit-on-tops yeah like, they were struggling totally Just, and then we were in our eddy lines earlier way more wind than that cutting fun. through a mile like it's not a big deal flying along on it still yeah. Just like the sailboats we saw come into the harbor, like some were just like right yeah some amazing. were plodding along and some were some of those things were just so we should back up and talk a little bit about what happened tonight and today with Mark, the old owner of the shop. Yeah. Because that was pretty serendipitous, and we ended up going sailing today, and that was not on the cards at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you've been always wanting you're, – you got the sailing bug, and you've been telling me, you got to do this, you got to do this. But Mark and Margaret were the old owners, like I said, and they took me under their uh, wing, and I was like in my 20s, and I spent a lot of time here. And I was telling you how coming into here, and I would just, I didn't have any place to be back. I was single, and I would just hang out four or five days here, yeah, and walk and bike around, skateboard around, paddle, and really like hang out with the shop. And the, if we had a demo day up in the hills on that weekend, it was usually around that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And 
Uh, anyway, Mark sold his shop 12 years back. Mark and Margaret did. They just live around the corner, but I didn't expect to necessarily see him. And we saw both Margaret, who was on a walk with some girlfriends, big hug. And then I was like, send Mark over. I want to give him a hug. Mark came, and Mark is the waterman's waterman. Waterman. That is where I actually like kind of put that term in my brain. What is a true waterman? Yeah. Mark uses anything that'll be get on the water surfboard yeah. kayak surfing racing sea kayaks sailing everything from yeah, little he have like five trip. sailboats and, and staged in different places around the bay that he wants to go sailing yeah he's nuts so he's yeah so he is what i'd come when i would sleep in front of their shop you know i'd see him walk up at seven thirty in the morning with the boat in his hand you know he had already gone out or something somewhere and he just was always committed to it. And he was actually on the U.S. surf kayak team. That's so um, cool. And so anyway, they, they sold. He came up, gave us a hug, and said, I'm going sailing in 45 minutes. He's always, he was on an electric bike with a, a sixer of beer and a little cooler yeah. behind it. You know, I'm going sailing his beer cans tonight. We had to wrap up. We packed up the whole trailer really fast, got down yeah. there, and went out sailing. Yeah, um, hopped aboard. He's got a 24-footer here in the bay. And... uh I just loved how casually, just like, all right, put up the sail. He had no idea. He, he didn't ask our sailing experience. I think he kind of knew that I had yeah. sailed before. But he was just so laid back about it. Like, you can't really mess it up. It's like a super safe environment that he was really comfortable and knew really well. And so he just sort of, like, threw us in there. Yeah. And just hung out like tractacours and <laughs> enjoyed the sunset. That yeah, Well, it was just somebody that was, like, the most comfortable you could possibly imagine in their yeah, craft. Totally. Their craft, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so comfortable. And so that level of comfort that he showed, and I, I, you got, I have not done sailing the Pacific Ocean before at all. <laughs> I mean, You've never the, been in a sailboat, right? Upper Midwest, like a little, maybe a dinghy, but never really operated by myself. Like, yeah, you, you just know. hear, you're the, you're the guy in the tiller. May, not even, maybe not even that. Like, yeah. I just didn't grow up. I was motorized boats, and then I got into paddling. Yeah. And that was it. I just, so what did you think? I, I, so the, him being as laid back and when I got on that thing and it was like you know you had to hold the rail a little bit and when we went when we hit the ocean we got windy yeah and we were definitely like so there was up there was some exit like wow and then it, you know and he you guys had me riding that thing for a while and feeling it and trying to find that perfect spot uh-huh I, I if you if there were things that needed to be done with the lines and like the masts I, I wouldn't have had the knowledge at all but I was on the, I was a tiller man uh-huh. and uh it was awesome <laughs> and it feels you feel the boat in the same way you do a kayak. Yeah, yeah. Know? The blade feels just like a paddle blade in the water. The the yep. rudder blade. Yeah. And then the boat's just healing and moving, and the sails like offer this unique counterbalance against the keel that it just has a feel. Yeah. And you like catch the wind through the tiller and the sails, like you're flying the sails. Yeah. And you're steering with this tiller. It is. I've been telling you, man. It is really. It is really <laughs> neat. And, uh, it's really fun. I mean, you can. Yeah. You can see the bug for sure. I yeah. can see it, especially man being retired and living in Santa Cruz, and like it's like his little cabin, his little getaway cabin, you know. Yeah, hops so, in a sailboat, moors out, and sleeps. And so he has. He said he's like it's it's all about. He's like I'm all about the moors. I have four of them, you know, and the big floating moors that are out, right. Yeah, yeah. And he basically he has them around four different ones that you have to like buy, right? Yeah. I don't know if you buy them. You I don't know how that works, but. uh but yeah, basically you just sail onto it, clip in. So he's got little anchorages around the bay in two different boats that he like sails around and camps out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Runs it. And I mean, okay, let, let's just be straight. These are not yachts. Like the boat we were on today was like, yeah. it was a pirate ship. It, I mean, it was just like slapped, not slapped together. It was in 1965 that he's like kept going. But it was not fancy by any means. Oh, no. It was like I a mean, work. All bench. the hatches had different, like, orientation screw, yeah. screws and stuff. You know, Phillips here and just the... Fl- yeah, that's like, how one side whole, is blue, one side's yeah, red, That's maybe. how this whole kayak shop was, you know. Uh-huh. this is, Like, we're in a really clean shop. I mean, they had, he had stuff going on. They could, yeah. You know, they did... It was definitely... He had projects. Oh, dude, I know how it goes. I mean, you remember the back room at Headwaters. Yeah. I know yeah. how it goes. He had projects. So, we, so, yeah, we were in the pirate ship a little bit, and we then we got to see... Um, because it was Wednesday night, they had a race series. We got to see some up to fifty foot pro. Yeah, like racing yachts. I was super fun to watch. And thirty, like, oh, they all had carbon sails. Like thirty the way to forty things. of them out there. Yeah, carbon sails, right? Yeah, those, the way those things snap when they caught the wind. I mean, they just turn into wings. Yeah, I mean, yeah. ours were like old and like floppy, and yeah. And when those things caught the wind, it was just gone. Yeah, it was so beautiful to watch. 
really wise. All right, this is a kayak paddle sports podcast. I got carried away. But if you like being on the water, it's just, especially if you're human powered, wind is the next thing. Yeah. It makes sense. Uh, no, I see it. That is, I see, I see it all. <laughs> well, I, I own those Hobie Adventure Islands. I have a couple of those. Okay. And then, yeah, that's so I got the feel. They're in lakes at Lake Superior. And, um, I've had the feel of, like getting that catch and just like, wee. So, you know, that was what I was trying to get to feel basically. Nice. But those is very different than, I could not believe that you guys came in under wind power and parked it into that spot Dude, without. I know, not to brag, but that was that felt great. That was amazing. Like we side slipped. We both knew it. what to do. I had the boat just line up. The wind was just right. Yeah. And it was just like whoosh, ghosted in at just a half knot. He stepped right off and then, bloop, right. You there know? was no room for air. You know, right? <laughs> like so. I mean, it was chill though. It was, it was all super slow. Yeah, um, but you still had to have your vectors right. And yeah, he knew. We were like, we were locked in. We knew. Yeah, I know. I, I enjoyed great. that. That was actually really enjoyable. So yeah, they came in under wind power and parked between two big boats. They were docking a, another boat. Like yeah. slid in a how long? A twenty? Well, how long? Twenty-four foot boat. And yeah, maybe and slid a, in and maybe a twenty-five foot slip. That was nice. That was a that was a man card moment when you guys were in sync too. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, that was fun. Right on, man. Well, I'm looking forward to the rest of this trip. I appreciate you dragging me along, uh, letting me sleep, sleep in the box trailer. He, <laughs> we, okay, real quick, and then we'll sign off. But like, we, t- we showed up here in the box trailer. It's full of kayaks and dry bags and boxes and just stuff and uh, paddle bags everywhere. And he's like, "All right, here's where you're gonna sleep." And I have to like move all these boxes and you know move all this paddles over and life jackets over just to like make a little nest and by the end of it i felt like a little mouse in the corner of somebody's <laughs> house like on one of those little holes in the wall you know they just yeah. got his button for a table and <laughs> totally. <laughs> little, nest crates, in here. little crates right like yeah. a straw coming out of them but instead of his kayak paddles. got my stove up on a you know an upside down so, uh box yeah so dan's sleeping in a box trailer and i'm sleeping in the back of a pickup truck under a canopy living large living large <laughs> Thank you for listening. We are going to probably try to, in this episode, um, take you along on the journey a little bit with a couple quick interviews of folks. So uh, stay tuned for that. Yeah, look forward to sharing uh, Dave's story. 